Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on the Barbecue Nation. Uh, actually, email, websites, uh, internet, all that. You can't really hear this stuff over the air. I'm JT, along with my new co-host, Leanne Whippen, and we've got uh, Tom Walsh with us from Underwood Ranches today. We apologized if there's any sound issues because that was pretty much my fault for using the wrong program this morning. So we'll leave it at that. I threw myself on the spear. And uh, and go from there. Tom, what's the biggest pain in the butt doing what you do now? <laughs> uh, you know I, what? I'm not talking about Leanne. I'm I was going to say, you set set him up for that. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I, I wouldn't even say it's more a pain in the butt. It's just something different. So when you've been in the produce business, you're dealing with a product that has to move. So things happen fast. You call a buyer, PO's, you know, PO's given, you send the product, you're just moving truckloads. But now when you're in this type of business with manufacturing of sauce and mash, it's just so slow. The process is so slow of developing the product, of getting, you know, talking to a retailer about the product. Normally I'd call a retailer and be like, hey, I got five loads of cantaloupe that need to go. Oh, what's your price? Boom, we move it, product's gone. With this, it's like, okay, now let's talk marketing. Let's talk marketing dollars. Let's talk of the strategy. It is just a lot involved. So I don't say it's a pain in the butt, but it's definitely something different that I've ever dealt with and I'm not used to but we're doing it. Yeah. What does your wife think of all this? <laughs> she does pretty good. <laughs> she does pretty good. Uh, you know, so she probably thinks I'm crazy because more than anything, I've always been a pepper fan my whole life. I love peppers. I mean, as a kid, I used to love to say bad words so your mom would put Tabasco in your mouth. So <laughs> that, that's just how it works. And I've always been a pepper guy. So I think the collection of hot sauces that I've accumulated over the last 20 years of being with her, I think she's probably just burned out on that, but I have bottles of sauces. I haven't even opened. I probably never will open, but it's just, it's just a passion of mine. So, you know, I just believe in things that, that are meant to happen. So when this whole opportunity came with the Underwood about the sauce and that is like, wow, this could really happen. And, but you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy at all. Um, there's yeah. a lot of luck that needs to happen. So, you know, that's why I think that for us, you know, I think the story that we have is pretty good. Um, been in business since 1867, family owned, only peppers of USA, um, barbecue sauces that have no tomatoes, simply red jalapenos. I think there's some uniqueness there. And that's, that's what we're riding on. It's, it's a tough gig. I can tell you that. It's, it's a tough gig. Um, me, my background in the ag world. Um, and I deal with a lot of the cattle people, as you heard from the show, the Painted Hills folks, 
uh, been associated with them for going on 20 years now, and they're really good people. But man, it's either like really good or they're treading water type thing. It 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 fluctuates so much. So you got to get while the getting's good because you know the circle's going to come back around. Is that how it is in like produce markets and stuff too? Or are you more of a constant? Oh no, it's exactly like that. It's it's brutal. I mean, let's say for example, right now, like today. So chili peppers typically in the winter months right now, they're all coming out of Mexico. You're probably between 40 to 60 cents a pound. Right now, the market on jalapenos is about a buck sixty-five a pound. It's wow. insane. And a lot of it has to do with trucking, but most of it has to do with the hurricanes that hit Michoacan and uh, Jalisco, the states of Mexico, where now the pepper production is way down. Um, it's also affected. There's weather. It's affected like Sinaloa. So, yeah, right now the getting's good for them, but it's also the reason why it's getting good now is because their yield is going to be way less. So is it going to balance out at the end? I don't know, but it's 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 a lot. I mean, it's it's. Like I said, to be able to put a plant or a seed in the ground, you're crazy, but we do it. Yeah. I mean, you're relying on a lot of things that you can't control. Do you, here's, here's kind of a, this doesn't have anything to do with Underwood ranches. This just has to do with Tom. Years and years ago, I, I was doing a different show, different topic. And I had a, I had an environmentalist guy that would come on. They didn't call it climate change back then. And, but he was always kind of very pro rancher and farmer type thing. And, uh, and the battles were then back in the late eighties and nineties, the battles were over water. Whoever controls the water really controls everything as far as food sources. And I said, I said to him, I said, the biggest problem we're going to have someday is we're going to, and I put on my Nostradamus hat back then, you know, and I said, we'll run out of food versus the population uh, because the encroachment of regulations and stuff will make it very tough at times to get food to certain areas of the country. I had no idea at, you know, that we're going through you know 20 odd years ago what we're going through today and that do you what do you see uh both positive and negative going forward in the in the you know you're in the crop business what do you see there well i mean the first thing is interesting is you know when you talk about environmental and, and environmentalists and global change i think the farmers are the ones that are the original environmentalists i mean yeah. if we don't take care of the ground we're not going to have means of production so it's in our best interest to take care of the ground the best that we can. Um, a lot of times people talk about, you know, the organics and the people and there's no spraying or there's spraying. And, you know, as a farmer, you don't want to spray if you don't have to. That's just more costs. But, you know, it's it's it, it's there's challenges like all the time. And I think now the, the innovation is for people to be able to to become up with mechanical harvesting. I think that's the race. I mean, we've been able to achieve it with peppers. Um, and obviously when we're doing processing peppers, we, we can mechanically uh, harvest, which is huge. So, I mean, I, I know that um, our operations manager, he's been working with, uh, there's a, a team at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo that's working on a robot to, to harvest strawberries. 
And I think it's doable. And I think the, the people that come up with it first is it's going to set this thing um, because you're also taken out when you have it, if you can do it mechanically, you're kind of also taken out that human element of the, of, of, of you know, the food safety, mm-hmm. you know, your robot doesn't have to wash his hands. He doesn't have to use the restroom. It depends on what Cal Poly comes up with on that part, but we'll see. <laughs> but yeah. it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I mean, I think the mechanical harvesting and that's, that's the key right now. Yeah, it is. It's all about time and, uh those machines will eventually be very expensive but then you've got to balance that between um the actual human labor costs there's other factors that go along with that like you said they don't the machines don't take breaks unless the operator does and uh they don't get sick they break down but you can fix them in a couple hours usually but that and continue on so I'm just curious from and actually somebody that's involved with it at your level to to get your thoughts on that. Um, Because one thing that we've seen, especially in the last year and a half, and I don't know how it is in Florida, Leanne, but we've actually seen stuff where you go into the store. uh, Part of it was kind of fear mongering on the part of the media. Uh, which I'm part of, and now you're part of, and all that. But it's the first time in my life I'd ever seen like an entire meat counter empty. I first time in my life I'd ever seen holes, if you will, at the local Safeway in their produce department, and it's a huge produce department. But all of a sudden there wouldn't be any radishes for a week, or there wouldn't be any cauliflower for a week, or you know just odd things like that. Um, that's something our generation never thought of. I think our parents' generation, especially if they lived through the Depression and stuff, maybe they they saw things like that and through the war because there was rationing. But our our group isn't used to that, and uh, I don't I don't think that made a lot of people very happy. Anybody want to jump in there or just? I, I agree with that. I, one thing. That- when I first started in the grocery store, it was, it was the good, like, I would like to see at some point the produce come back to the seasonalities. I mean, who wants to eat watermelon and cantaloupe in the winter when it doesn't taste good? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, where it's coming from, we have, we can't pick it ripe. It has to be picked and then shipped. And then it has to last. I mean, it was pretty fun working in a department when, you know, summertime would come and you got your melon trucks rolling up and you're setting your tables for the melon season. And you walk into that department and you could just smell the cantaloupes. You can smell the honeydews and the watermelons. It just mm-hmm. got you like you knew summer was in. And then when you get into the fall, you know, you have your fall veg and you have your apples and, and your squashes and things like that. And it got you excited for fall and your parents would make soups and make you know different things with, with those yeah. types of items. And then in strawberry season, you'd look forward to strawberry season. You'd come into that department. You could just smell the strawberries. It just got you hungry. And now it's 12 months a year, strawberries, 12 months a year, grapes, 12 months a year, melons. And I don't think any of them taste very good. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's. um, My struggle is, Jeff, you know, you're right. You go in. Like I'll have a list, a grocery list. I'll go into a store because I have certain components of a dish I'm going to make. And there are many times that I go to the store now and I will not be able to get one or two things on the list. 
And sometimes it'll be a simple thing like maybe cilantro or a cucumber. Mm-hmm. It, and, and, and you're right. It's like, it's not just a day. I'll go back maybe a week later to try it again. Nope. Still not there. And it, it, it's, it is my, it's very frustrating. Yes. Well, and, and to Tom's point too, I love tomatoes. I love tomatoes. When I grew up, we had a garden in one of our bottom pastures that was about three acres and we had all kinds of stuff there. Most of the time when you go buy tomatoes out of the grocery store, they have no flavor. There's about a month and a half during towards the end of summer that the tomatoes are really good. I'm just talking about up here. I don't know what it's like in your area, but they don't. The rest of the time you're buying these Roma tomatoes and stuff and they have absolutely no flavor. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you shouldn't really probably be getting corn on the cob, to your point, Tom, all year long. It's a 4th of July product. Yeah. You know, and and you look you look at it from 4th of July up to uh, Labor Day and then it kind of dwindles out, you know, like that. But you get it all year long. But when you peel back the husk, you know, the cob's this big and, you know, there's 27 kernels on it. It's not very good. So yeah, pollination, that's a pollination problem. The other thing that I would love to see change in the grocery stores. So when I was to work in the stores, I had a store manager that was amazing. This guy, I learned so much from this guy and he was just a worker. And, and basically what I get frustrated with is, so in the store that I worked, that manager was adamant at five o'clock, all the departments better be stocked full. The service deli better have all those chickens ready to go. In the bakery, the same thing with the hot bread and all that stuff. And you better not have any ad items out of stock. Nowadays, you go in a grocery store at Friday at five o'clock, I'll go on there with ad items on my list and completely gone. And that's that's just crazy. And it's always like this now. And yeah. I don't understand it. The bakeries are hammered. The, the, the service delis are hammered. It doesn't make sense. That's not how I was brought up in this. It, it, you know, you at five o'clock, we called it fresh at five. And the stores better have been fresh because that's when people are getting off work. They're looking for dinner ideas. You know, maybe they don't even have an idea for dinner, but they walk in that service deli. No, you're right. I don't even shop in the afternoon now because I feel like everything's going to be gone. The bread's usually gone that I want, you know, so you almost have to go early to get the stuff you want. Yeah. Yeah. And this is even before COVID. This is this has been going on. I just can't imagine because my store manager, if we were out of five pound bag navels that were on ad, he would send us down the road to the next store to buy them to put on that table because you cannot be out of an ad item. Even if it was the warehouse that shorted us, it was not acceptable. We did not write rain checks because it's it's the whole bait and switch. You bring people in with a cheap ad item and the ad item's not there. You feel like you've been duped. Yeah. 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 Well, that was a good manager too. Yeah. That was sure. amazing. I mean, he was amazing. He taught me things that, you know, like you just widen it out on a product. You don't have to make it deep, just widen out and you'll sell more. And he was right hundred percent. So he was just and he loved what he did. So it was it was contagious to all of us, too, at the store. We cared. And um, he instilled that in us. And nowadays, even now, just as a, as a, as a dad, you know, wanting to cook your kids meals and stuff, you go in a grocery store. It, it should be a good experience to go on there and be like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to make this and that. And you just go on there and it's, it's boring. It's the same old stuff. Like I said, you're seeing melons 12 months a year. Why? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I hope that changes at some point. I think that's why like you got retailers kind of like Costco that's always ahead of people because they still do it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, Tom Walsh, Underwood Ranches, one more time real quick. How can people find you and find your products? 
Go to underwoodranches.com. Um, on our website, you can purchase all the products, the sauces that we make. Uh, we've got a coupon code for Barbecue Nation. So 15% off, just use coupon code Barbecue Nation. Get the 15% off. Give us a try. Um, I think it's the only place you're going to be able to find a barbecue sauce that doesn't have any tomatoes or ketchup in it. So give our red jalapeno barbecue sauces a try and see what you think. There we go. Tom, thank you for joining Leanne and I today. Leanne, as always, it's a delight to talk to you. You too as well. And uh, I know, I'm just delightful. (laughs) Oh, you know, one thing we didn't hit on, you know, uh, Tom is actually an excellent cook. So, yes, and he actually barbecues and smokes food. So he's in our little food world, too. Well, the we will, only we will. problem is, is I love to cook, but then I went down to this place in Tampa and I had food down there and I told my <laughs> wife, I told my wife, I said, I'm not even going to cook ever again. Yeah. But no, you're very creative. Well, um, I'm looking forward to trying your watermelon salsa that uh, I'm hearing a lot about. So that's you uh, make a pork roast and I'll make the salsa. I'm telling you. OK, fair. That's easy. Okay, yep. listen, you can't leave the fat boy out of this conversation. No, you we'll, know we'll what get I mean? You in there. But Come our on. watermelon's in season right now. There you go. <laughs> okay, we'll be, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Again, Tom Walsh from Underwood Ranches. Check them out. Check out their, their hot sauces and everything else that they have there. And Leanne and I will be back next week with another edition, God willing, of Barbecue Nation. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.